Hello everyone, welcome to Talk Talks. My name is Andrew Kistner, I'm your host of the Oxford Center Talks, and we are in part two with Caitlin. Uh, so if you have not watched part one, you must go back and watch that first. You'll, this non, none of this will make a lot of sense to you if you don't go back and watch part one. So for those that did, I'll give a quick recap of Andrew's version of Caitlin's yes. very involved, crazy story. <laughs> um, Caitlin was on vacation right before medical school in Malawi, which is in Africa, has some sort of medical condition. She fainted, she vomited, blood, everything, went to sort of a hospital, but it's some guy's house that has a certificate in anatomy, <laughs> we'll call it. We're laughing at all this because like, this is true. And she, um, was basically held for ransom until her parents paid $15,000 for her to be released to an actual hospital in South Africa where they reconstructed her face, um, didn't do anything for her traumatic brain injury, mm -hmm. and uh, her parents come or her dad comes, they get back to the U.S., and this is where we're starting our part two story. So, yeah. um, again, thank you for being here, even though you stayed. We just, <laughs> <laughs> we're still talking. Yeah. Um, so what I want to know is you're back in the U.S. Now, you covered yeah. a little bit of this, mm -hmm. uh, that the doctors basically just checked you out and said, hey, they did a great job on your face. Looks great. Yeah. But there was a lot more, I'm guessing, going on. Yeah. So take me from that point to um, the next couple of years of what you struggled with. Yeah. That. So came home. Everyone said, you know, we went maxillofacial surgeon. Saw a dentist because, you know, I'd broken all of my maxilla, so my teeth were weird. You know, so dentist, maxillofacial surgeon, cosmetic surgeon because I'd broken my nose. Everyone looks at the CTs from the U.S. and they're like, what do they use? Titanium? Great. Everything looks, it looks good. And I'm just, I'm, I'm thinking it, like, okay, I survived. Right. <sighs> My face is fixed. And looking at you, it doesn't look like there's ever been any issues. Thank you. So that's good. That's a yeah. good thing. Yeah, they did a good job. Um, and, uh, you know, so I thought, like, I'm just, I started medical school. Right. I just started medical school. Um, but it was different. Mm -hmm. I, I loved school. Well, that's part of the reason that I wanted to become a doctor. I love to learn oh, anything. I hated school. That's why I didn't become a doctor. Yeah, there but we go. That's a previous podcast. Yeah. <laughs> so I was like so geeked. I mean, yeah. literally, you can ask my friends. I studied at parties in college because like I wanted the social life and the grades. Like I, I love school. Yeah. I love it. And so I get to medical school. I went on this trip. I was so excited. I'm celebrating. I've taken half of these classes in undergrad already, right, right. you know, to prep. Obviously, medical school is more involved. But I'm taking this anatomy class, and I had graduated in undergrad. I had 106% in anatomy. Yeah. And I took a cadaveric anatomy as well with, you know, dissection and all this kind of stuff. I've done this before. Right. Why? am I having, I mean, I could not sleep. Interesting. At all to stay up to date with my classes. I could not follow the lectures. I was all of a sudden, like my, my note speed, I couldn't keep up with like what the professors were saying. I wasn't remembering things and. So was it just brain fog or was there so something? Much so much brain fog. Yeah. So just brain fog, lack of memory, sleep disturbances slash just not sleeping like just I would stay awake for like five days That's with crazy. and I don't take or use any caffeine because I've had chronic migraines my whole life right. so 
it was, I was just wacky. And finally, I got a sinus infection in my broken face. Right. Wound up in the hospital, um, IV antibiotics because we didn't want it to get to my brain because, again, there it was in front of me this whole time and this will come back around. Right. IV antibiotics because the back orbit of my eye is shattered. It's not even there anymore. So, I mean, you literally have a direct window into my brain. Right. So I'm on IV antibiotics for the second time to prevent meningitis. <laughs> this whole thing, like it's starting to come together. Um, so I'm in the hospital. Well, missing three days of medical school is like missing two years of undergrad. Right. Um, so I come back and they're like, you can try to take the exam. Um, you know, we'll let you stay, but you're not going to four point this semester. There's no way. Right. Um, our suggestion would be that you, um, what do they call it? Drop out and retake the semester? Or? Um, no, like where you put it off. Defer. Okay. So okay. they were like, we'll just defer you until next year. It's a medical emergency. We can get your student loan money back. Like, right. it'll all be kosher. It'll all be good. You can just take a year, heal, come back, and it'll be fine. And I was like, okay, they're right. It sucked and I cried so much, but I was like, they're right. One year, who thought it was a good idea to come home and start medical school? I moved out of my house, out of my parents' house, into a new house and started medical school within a week of coming home oh, wow. from this accident. So this is only a few weeks out from the accident. Literally, I was in my first medical school class two weeks to oh, the day goodness. like of my surgery. <laughs> Like, what are your parents thinking? Were they like, oh, this is a they great could, idea? They, well, they could believe that I was doing it because <laughs> I am me. So they were like, of course, you're going to start medical school, but maybe you shouldn't like, consider it, you know? Um, so I listened to my counselors at school. They, thankfully, were, they were great. They were like, you've been through a lot. Like, this was yeah. hefty. Like, not just the injury, but the mental stuff. Right, like, right. you know. Just take your time. You're you're accepted. We're not going to take that back. You you know come back next year. And I was like, okay, cool, fine, great, I'll do that. So I went back and I started teaching again. Um, but I noticed when I was teaching, I'm stumbling over my words. I'm mispronouncing things. Classes that I had taught prior to going to medical school, I'm teaching them all again using my own curriculums and everything that I had created. But I didn't remember hmm. what I was teaching. I, had, I was looking at my own materials. Right. I had made these quizzes, these tests, all of this. Right. And it was like I was reading someone else's work. And I'm like, I don't, this is, what is happening? Right. So I go to my neurologist um, at the time, and I'm like, my memory, my headaches are out of control. My headaches were controlled before I went to Africa. Then they got out of control. Makes sense why right. they got yeah, out of yeah. control. Um, so I went to him and I was like, my memory, I'm stumbling over words, you know, and he's like, you're stressed, you're upset, you're stressed, you're upset. Okay, sure, right. great. You're the doctor, so, yeah, okay. But it just keeps happening. It does not get any better. And a year goes by and I go back to medical school and it's still hmm. just as hard nothing is clicking. It's even harder right. this second time because I've been out of the, you know, the groove of things. And I go to my doctors again and I'm like, something is wrong. This is not who I am. Right. And at that point it was, well, 
not everyone's cut out for medical school. Oh, man. And I was like, I don't know who you are talking about, but right. I personally was cookie cuttered for medical school. Right, you guys, right. there's nothing else I've ever wanted to be. My dad, his favorite story to tell people was that there's nothing else I ever wanted to be in my life besides the pink Power Ranger. Right. That was his story <laughs> that he told people. So don't tell me that like I can't do it. I can do it. I right. graduated from the top third in the top 13 from U of M. Right. I can do this. Right. Do not tell me that like oh well just some people can't hack it in medical school. I can hack it. Trust <laughs> me. Okay. I'm really smart and I'm very determined. Like I'm not going to let this like spit me, chew me up and spit me out like it right. does to other people, right? But that was their whole thing was like, eh, maybe you just can't cut medical school. Maybe you, should become, maybe you should become a PA instead. <laughs> and I was like, uh, how about not? Right. How about I wanted to be a doctor and I'll just become a doctor? But I couldn't. Right. I wasn't retaining the information. I was having to put in so many more hours to study than my classmates were. For I, I mean, I had no life. And you know what you were capable of before. Correct. And it was not, the, the, there was not, there, things were not adding up. Right. I was like, this does not make sense. The fact that I, my, my old studying methods aren't working now, I can't come up with new ones, or the ones that I am trying aren't working. I mean, it was to the point, Andrew, that I was listening to my lectures to fall asleep. Mm. I would just have them playing throughout the night. Right to try and absorb, absorb this information of something that I've already known and right. been very literate on and all that kind of stuff. Um, and that was hard. Yeah. And so I left medical school. They told me I could divert for another year um, and come back. And I was like, okay, maybe third time's a charm. Um, or maybe you can find, get things figured out. Yeah. That, you know. So I left again. So this is 2015. So the second time I've left, 2015. Go back to teaching. And still, I'm like, something is wrong. Right. But then what happens is my energy. Oh. And my pain. My whole body just starts hurting hmm. all the time. And I'm exhausted all the time. My brain feels like it's just in sludge. Right. Having a normal conversation takes so much energy. And I'm like, I'm going to, at this point, I'm going to the emergency room at least once a month right. for pain and headaches. Um, I get labeled as drug seeking oh, because man. I'm going to the emergency room. Right. And for pain. For pain. <laughs> yeah. Um, even though I, I took no narcotics. Right. I was taking, I was going for like migraine infusions. Right. It was all headaches all headaches. Every single time I went, it was headaches. And then we switched neurologists, new neurologist, told them the same thing. Memory problems, brain fog, fatigue. Well, you got chronic migraines. It's just part of it. A lot of people have chronic migraines. Chronic migraines, part of it. Okay. Next neurologist. I went through nine neurologists total. Nine neurologists and not a single one looked for a traumatic brain injury. So are there any, like, none of them said, hey, maybe we should do an MRI. Maybe we should do a CAT scan. Maybe we should do some sort of medical scan to see what's going on inside. No one. They trusted everything that I came back and verbally told them from Africa. Wow. They did not run any of their own diagnostics. They did a CT of my face. Right. And that was, like I said, not the neurologist. That was the maxillofacial, the right. surgeons. 
no one ever looked at my brain. Wow, that's crazy. And since I didn't bring any, there's no medical records. Right. They, I think I told you this, they drew my skull. And you did not tried, tell me this. Yes. I have it at home. Who, this, who drew your skull? The doctor. The, which doctor? The real doctor. Okay, the real doctor. The real <laughs> surgeon. The real surgeon in South Africa literally drew a face and like a lightning bolt like going up like this. That's like a fracture? Yes, to okay. show. And I have this. It's at my house somewhere. I'll have to show it to you sometime because like... Send it to us. We'll put it in the video. Like that's all they sent me home with. Wow. Is this piece of paper with a drawing. In crayon? No. No pen. Okay. Pen. <laughs> That's good. Um, so, yeah, pen. It was at least permanent, I guess. Um, and that's all. That, right. But everyone just took the, their word for it. Right. And I was kind of like, why are we just taking my word for it? I mean, I, I, I also believe me, but, like, right. why aren't we looking at things? Right. This just doesn't make sense. 2017, I am basically bed-bound. All I do is work. Go to work, come home, go to bed. Go to work, mm. come home, go to bed get diagnosed with Ehlers-Danlos Syndrome. Oh, well, that's why you've got brain fog and all this stuff. Um, it's a connective tissue disorder that okay. affects my collagen production. Okay. So I'm super flexible in all of my joints and all that kind of stuff, and that can cause chronic pain. Okay. So they were like, oh, well, you have EDS. That's why you've got chronic Checks pain. Checks all the boxes. Great, because they had already slapped fibromyalgia on me, and I was like, mm, the, the meds weren't working, gabapentin and Lyrica and all that kind of stuff. Yeah. Nothing was working. And I was like, because it's not fibromyalgia. Anyway, right. so EDS. Okay, great, cool. How do we treat that? Anti-inflammatories and muscle relaxers. Okay, cool. Let's try those. Still in pain. Still going to the hospital. Still not having a life. Right. Can't even work. Go, a new neurologist. Right. <laughs> you know, can someone tell me what is going on? Like, I, I, I have no idea what right. is going on at this point, but I'm losing myself. Right. I don't know who I am anymore. Yeah. Um, and no one, they were like, no, everything checks out. Chronic migraines, EDS. So you're tired, you're in pain, you have headaches, you have memory problems because you have headaches. So that's it. That's it. This is it. This is your life. And I was like, no, no. Like, this can't be it. Well, then my hair started falling out and I started bruising easy. I started falling wow. and um, then I started passing out again. Mm. And once I started passing out again is when they finally diagnosed my heart condition in 2018. So four years. So no one, no doctors here asked what caused you to pass out the first time? They all were convinced that it was an interaction with my anti-malaria drugs. Oh. That's what they said. With no, like, were you on my, okay, it's probably that. Literally. They were like, well, you're on stuff for your migraines, so it probably interacted with your migraine meds and caused you to pass probably. out. Probably, okay. Probably. So that, that was the solution. That was the, the, the theory, okay. Literally. And I, I'm like, I, I don't know what to tell you guys. I've been telling you the same thing, the same right. symptoms. That, like, but now I'm falling. I'm dislocating my joints more. I'm passing out. I was there was a point where I was passing out five times a day. So and like the recovery from my passing out like right. takes hours like right. to come back. So like there were days I couldn't. I lost my license. I couldn't drive. Um, finally got diagnosed with a heart condition, and that is when the doctor, my cardiologist, was like, "Didn't you have an accident?" <laughs> and I was like, "Yeah." 
a long time Pretty ago. Pretty dramatic one. Yeah, and he was like, I think that this was your condition manifesting itself earlier. And he was like, but now you're in such a declined state of health that this dysautonomia, your body can't even regulate the things that it's supposed to, like you can't regulate the things you're supposed to, so your brain isn't regulating the things that it's supposed to. Like everything is just haywire at this point. Okay, so how do we fix that? Walking and drinking water and eating a ton of salt. Okay, let's do it. I kept passing out. It didn't matter. So I'm going to the emergency room because I'm passing out all the time. Well, now I'm not drug seeking. Yeah. Now I have a panic condition and I'm suicidal. According to the emergency room, wow. I'm attention seeking. Attention seeking. So yes. no longer drug seeking, attention seeking. Right. So now whenever I go to the ER because I've passed out five times in a day and I need fluids because I'm not eating or drinking anything, right. they're telling me that I'm overreacting, that it's my anxiety, and they just keep adding diagnoses to my chart: PTSD, uh, suicidal ideation, uh, chronic panic disorder. I just like all of these mental health diagnoses, which then leads to a bunch of doctors not wanting to treat me anymore. Right. Because they think that I'm it's just flat out crazy. the underlying diagnosis, yeah. And I'm like, I am telling you guys, I am not crazy. Right. This is actually happening. Someone has to see this besides my husband and my mother, like, and my family. Like, someone has to believe it, someone has to see it. No. Wow. Like, so finally it was, so that was 2017 to 2018. 2018 is when I got diagnosed with heart condition. Kept passing out for all of 2018. Finally got stabilized with the fainting in 2019, but was still fainting what regularly. Um, I had to wear compression garments all the time. Oh, Exercise going up. every day. I had to drink, uh, I was drinking a gallon or more of water and 10 grams of salt. Yeah. I you, was huge. There's a study. Uh, no one ever brings up that study about migraines and salt. Mm. Have you ever seen that study? Mm -mm. I'll have to send it to you. Um, I think I found it on TikTok. Um, there was a, a, a big study done years ago um, on migraines and salt. And um, it was a very successful study, like 99% got rid of my chronic migraines by drinking salt water. Wow. Yes, because your, your brain, and the, the study talks about it, your brain, um, how did I put it? It's been a while since I've watched this. But it needs the sodium and the calcium to conduct the yeah, your brain doesn't pulses. Have, your brain doesn't have pain sensors. Yeah, correct. Like, it, it doesn't know. It's it's the, what is it? Maybe the outer layer or something has, has pain sensors. The membrane, sensors. The yes. membrane. Yeah, yeah. And, um, and then it correlates sodium with that. I'll have to send it to you. Yeah. Uh, maybe we'll post it. It like, blew my mind. Um, I totally want to read it. Yeah, it's crazy. But anyway, sorry, that was a side note. No. TikTok totally interesting. Yeah, relevant. To, and so, like, they they're saying there's a there's a recipe in, in the TikTok anyway, about how much salt to put in water, um, and the it was all about um, the lady doing the TikTok was saying I have gotten rid of migraines that I've had for decades. Every couple of days, I get a migraine that lays me flat on the floor for for a long time. Yeah. You know, and um, I started doing this. I haven't had a migraine since. Wow. Just literally drinking salt water. I'll drink salt water. Right. Let me so, know. Anyway, I, I've done worse. Yes, um, I've tried every experimental medicine that was out there. I got hospitalized on those because we were trying to figure all this out. So I did all of the like right. the migraine injectables because we were yeah. trying to get a handle on everything. Um, wound up hospitalized, having a, a 
a reaction to those. It was just wild. So it was just basically 2018 to 2021 was just surviving. Yeah. That's all I can say. I was waking up and going to work, coming home and going to bed. So where was the turning point? Where did you go from surviving to getting an answer and then thriving? So I was still, I was in physical therapy for my Ehlers-Danlos syndrome and we kept hitting roadblocks. I would build up all of this strength and then literally, Andrew, overnight, we were doing like the squeeze tests and everything. So we would do the testing, say today on Wednesday. I would come back from my session on Thursday and my strength would have dropped by by 50 to 75 percent. Oh, that's nuts. And my physical therapist was emailing colleagues, you know, has anyone ever seen this happen? My patient will not build any strength. I Hmm. cannot, like, we cannot get her out of the five-pound bands. We cannot increase weight. We cannot increase reps. Her body is literally, every time I add a new exercise, her body literally reverts and gets weaker Hmm. every time. So I was in more pain. I was more exhausted. And my physical therapist, he was with me for three years, and he was just like, I've never seen this before and I don't know what to do for you. And he literally said, he's like, something is wrong. I don't know what it is and I don't have the degree required to order the testing to figure it out. He's like, but Caitlin, something is wrong. It is not just EDS. And he's like, and you, it's not just in your head. Right. He's like, I have seen this all play out over the past three years. You are so compliant. You do your exercises, you follow the diets, you take your meds. There is nothing to explain why I cannot get you to build strength. Right. Nothing. He's like, you have no grip strength. He's like, you can't even open a bottle of water. Right. I cannot explain this. And he's like, and I, I can't keep asking for referrals and recommendations, you know, to like keep you here when we're not making right. any yeah. progress. Because they have to make progress or they'll cut services. Right. We deal with that in ABA, we do that with speech, PT, just everything. You know? Right. And he's like, but also he's like, I see that you're suffering. He's like, right. you come into our sessions and he's like, you're coming every day, but you're more exhausted than the, than the last day and then the last day. <laughs> then by right. the time we get to Friday, she, you're a shell of a person. Right. And he's like, what service am I doing you? And I was like, Dave, if I don't have you, like I literally, I don't know what else I'm going to be doing. Right. I, this is the only, you're the only person who's been listening to me and trying. And believes you. It, like validating all of this. Right. And, um, so I decided to pursue a second opinion for my Ehlers-Danlos syndrome Got it. because I was getting really fed up with how, um, a certain hospital handles those conditions, even Got though it. they're supposed to be the leaders and the best right. in the medical field. Right. They are not. Got it. So um, I was seeking a second opinion. I was told uh, that there was a sports doctor. He didn't specialize in EDS necessarily, but he specialized in dancers and gymnasts. Okay. Both of whom have hypermobility. Right. I am also hypermobile. Right. So I was like, you know what? What does it hurt? Right. Let's figure out. I'm yeah. going to go to this guy. Right. Okay, so I go to him. His name is Dr. Karaginas. Okay. And I go to him. He does his, you know, he's moving me and he's like, oh, yeah, yep. Oh, bendy, bendy, yep, yep, yep. Okay. Um, And he's like, so what brings you in today? And I tell him, my EDS is out of control. I'm exhausted. I have brain fog. I have that. And he's like, 
why do you think that your EDS is out of control? And I was like, well, my EDS is causing all of this stuff. Duh. Right. That's <laughs> what these doctors are telling me. And he was like, no. <laughs> and I was kind of like, what do you mean, no? <laughs> like, that's not an option. What's, right. And literally, he just not said something no. something you thought he would argue with you on. Yeah, right? Like, this isn't up for debate, dude. Right. Other people with your same credentials have said I have this. So it is fact, right? Right. Um, I disagree with how they're treating it, which is why I'm here to see you because right. they're telling me this is how I'm going to be forever and I'm thinking I can get better. So please tell me that I can at least get better, but you just said no. Right. Can what you fill it? me in? Yeah, like, what, what, so what did he say? What's no? And he was like, well, I'm looking back at your chart and he was like, this injury back in 2014. I'm like, oh my God. I was like, yes, I went to Africa. I broke my face. They reconstructed in Africa. Everything is fine. What? Like, literally, that's how I was so snippy, Andrew. I, like, because I was just so tired. Because everyone would look at it and be like, that's interesting. You had your face reconstructed in a third world country. How'd that happen? How do you think it happened? I didn't right. go there on, like, right. for, on, on purpose. Right. Because they're known for face, facial reconstruction. Right, yeah. Oh, I'm actually part of MI6. <laughs> so, like, so you don't know what my old face looked like. Like, I mean, like, what? Right. So everyone was always asking, like, what is this accident? So everyone has seen it. a thousand times. I've, I've seen nine neurologists. Right. This guy's a sports med orthopedic. That's his specialty. Well, he not only was a specialty in sports med with dancers and gymnasts, he co-wrote the Michigan concussion bill. Hmm. And he goes, did they ever look at your brain after this accident? And I was like, no. And he was like, can you send me the, any imaging? It was my face bashed up. Literally. Not my brain. Literally, I was like, it was my face. And he was like, I have a copy of the imaging of your brakes, because that was the only thing I brought home, was a disc and my hand-drawn skeleton. Right. <laughs> so he has it in his system, and he looks at it, and he was like, Caitlin, he was like, do you see this, where this is broken? He was like, this little, like, glob. He's like, that's your brain inside your sinus cavity. And I was like, that makes sense. I broke it. I broke my sinus cavity. And he was like, okay. So if your brain has entered your sinus cavity, it is not where it is supposed to be anymore. Right. I'm like, yeah, okay, I follow. What? And he was like, okay. <laughs> if the brain has moved quite literally into another cavity of the body. He's like, there's no way to do that without causing damage to your brain. Right. And I was like, I mean, of course I had a concussion. He was like, yeah, beyond that. No. He was like, Caitlin, this is, this is brain matter touching your eyeball. Right. This is not a concussion. He's like, this is a traumatic brain injury. And he's like, I am not even looking at your whole brain. I'm literally just looking at this front right. facial part. Right. He's like, but there's no way that you broke 12 bones in your face, had it fully reconstructed. I showed him the picture of me all bruised up. Yeah. He's like, there's literally not a possibility on this earth that the force with which you hit that floor didn't cause a traumatic brain injury. And I was like, what? Is this connecting dots for you? Like, is, is this all coming at you like, oh my goodness? Well, so first I was, I literally, I, I, I just reacted. I was like, what? Like, literally. 
what are you saying? And he was like, I'm saying that you, I'm 99% sure, have a traumatic brain injury. And I was like, have or had? He was like, have. Interesting. And I was like, how do I still have it? And he was like, traumatic brain injuries never go away. He's like, they can heal to a certain point. But once a neuron is dead, it's dead. It's damaged. And he's like, so you'll have this forever. And I was like, what? Forever? And he was like, yeah. And I was like, I am not going to be like this forever. He's like, oh, no, 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 I didn't say that. Right. You just have the, the injury. He's like, you're going to have the TBI forever. He's like, but this? He's like, we can fix this. Oh, nice. And I was like, hold on. Wait. You simultaneously just like ruined my life by telling me that I have a traumatic brain injury. And I'm thinking, I, I heard traumatic brain injury. I thought my life's right. over. Right. This is, this is it. He's, he's telling me I have a traumatic brain injury. This is how my life is. There's no chance I'm going to recover because I've missed my window by seven years. Right. I went undiagnosed for seven years. How am I ever going to recover from this? And he was like, oh, no. I know a rehab place. I was like, a rehab place for what? What are they rehabbing? And he was like, your whole body. Yeah. I was like, that makes no sense. My brain needs the rehab, <laughs> not the body. Brain. Brain needs the work. What? He was like, no. Like we can read. We can. We can fix this. And I was like, but how much? And he was like, I don't know. Right. I won't. I won't be able to tell you how much. Um, but he was like, but let's get you a TBI specialist. Let's get this stuff in, you know, in motion. So I had cognitive testing done. Thankfully, I had had some IQ testing in high school, ah. randomly. So they were able to compare right. those results. My IQ still remains high, but did show a decline, and therefore they they had a, they con they confirmed right. the diagnosis of TBI. I have uh, misophonia, like with my ears, like the sounds and stuff like that. I have like a processing like thing okay. um, like auditory processing right. problems um, the memory issues um, I'm trying to think, keep saying um those are the, that's a TBI thing not being able to keep your consistent right. sentences and having the pauses in there uh, so we did the cognitive testing oh ADHD I was like ADHD I was a straight-A student I've never right. had a problem studying <laughs> in my life and they're like yeah you got ADHD really bad I'm like Says who? Uh, well, the test that should have taken you 30 minutes, but you dilly-dallied on this little <laughs> right, thing. Right, right, right. Yeah, like, <laughs> that's what says it. Um, so I got, like, all these new diagnoses, and I was like, whoa, whoa, whoa. <laughs> I thought I just had a TBI. <laughs> like, this is just too much. And it, like, it felt so overwhelming yeah. at the time and kind of soul-crushing. And, like, and there's something about I was so used to chasing and having to fight and tell people this is real and I'm right. feeling this I, this is something that's actually happening I'm not making this up I'm right. in bed right. this many hours I'm passing out like I felt like I was just crying you, out and insane is this are you to the point now in the story to where you start to feel validated not yet okay because we go to the TBI specialists the neurologists right and they all tell me that the research states, and this makes no sense to me because I found research that contradicted it myself. They said the research states your best recovery time is within two years. We treat TBIs all the time. <laughs> and so all of the TBI specialists refused to even take on my case. That's crazy. 
I was like, so wait, I have proof that I have a traumatic brain injury, but you will not take me on? And they were like, no. If you would have come to our ER first, we would have. Wow. We, we've treated stroke patients or stroke re people recovering from stroke. I think 14 years post-stroke, wow. we saw huge improvements through hyperbarics. Yeah. Don't get me, don't get me that there's a, there, yeah, maybe there's less improvements than will be treated. And, and I'm told, and I was, I was like, I, listen, guys, I'm not looking to come back and be like, I'm Wonder Woman. Right. I am I'm like invincible. Right. Like, that's not what I'm looking for, okay? Literally at this point, I'm looking, like, can I get out of bed and like right. see my friends? Right. And work. Like, yeah. can I literally just work and have a social life? That's not a lot to ask. No. That's a bare minimum of living. Yeah. Um, and the neurologists were like, no. All so these, what did you do next? I went, I went to all these conferences, and I've heard all, all these studies. They sent me all the studies, too. You know, They say you can't recover after two years. And I was like, I disagree with well, you. Maybe your treatment's bad. Yeah. I said, I disagree with you. Sucks. I disagree with you. I'm going to find someone who thinks I can. And I went to my PCP. She obviously had been keeping up with everything. And I was like, okay, I need you to call this Dr. Karaginas guy. <laughs> I need you to talk to him. And I needed you to believe him. Right. And she did. And uh, they got me in uh, to a different rehabilitation center that's down in Ann Arbor um, where I met Alicia. Mm -hmm. And um, I started my work with her in uh, June of 21. And so June of 21, you meet Alicia, who works at the Oxford Center mm -hmm. now, um, who's one of the most amazing human beings I know. Literally, quite literally one of the most amazing human beings and an amazing physical therapist. Yes. And I've been through tons of physical therapists yeah. with, <laughs> with all of this. So, For sure. Um, and, you know, we, that's when I learned about the concussion cascade hmm. and neurofatigue and all of these other things. And that's when I was like, ah, this makes sense. That makes sense. Once I started seeing speech therapy and occupational therapy and Alicia, and I was like, okay, oh, oh, yes, yes, oh, yes, yes. Like, they started doing all the testing and getting my plans together and everything, right. and I was like, oh, this makes sense. That explains this. That explains this. And everything just came together. And finally, I was like, someone believes me. Right. And I'm finally getting help, but now what? Right. And then it's just been... A lot of setbacks, don't get me wrong. Uh, you know, we we had a lot of like, oh, we made progress, and then oh, yeah. we fell back. And we made progress, and then we were back. And, um, you know, we did that a lot. Yeah. You know, we kind of seesaw it a little bit um, for that first year. Um, and then Alicia, I moved up here. Um, and thankfully, Alicia ended up moving here yep. shortly after. Yep. Um, so I didn't have to drive to Ann Arbor anymore. Um, and I stuck with her because she's the only physical therapist that I was making progress with. Right. And um, it was because she was integrating with my care team, with my therapist, my talk therapist, my primary care, my sports med doc. She was communicating with all of them. This yep. is the progress that I'm seeing. This is the other things that we could work on. And my care team listened to her. Right. Like, oh, so you think we should maybe look at this? Yeah, okay, let's order these scans and let's look at this. And finally... I was being heard. Yep. We find out pretty quick, Alicia's smarter than you. Not yes. you specifically, but like you talk to Alicia and you're like, she's smarter than me. Yeah. She's smarter than me. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That photographic memory. She's, she's got incredible. you. Yeah. She yeah. does. <laughs> yeah. So, um, yeah. So then it's just been 
two years now yeah. of trying to rehab And this. how's the progress? Um, night and day yeah. compared to where I was. Right. So I ended up losing my job over my traumatic brain injury. Got Literally, it. they fired me wow. over it. It was a big deal. Um, was told by numerous lawyers that I could sue, um, but none of them would take the case because my employer was so big. So, um, so just kind of left with my tail between my legs, thinking that I was kind of worthless and not going to be able to do anything with my life because uh, all I could do was work and go to bed. Um, but then I lost my job, and suddenly I could go to physical therapy five days a week. Mm. And um, it was grueling. Yeah, oh, yeah. It was grueling and hard. I cried a lot. I was sore a lot. I spent a lot of time in bed still, right. way more than I would have thought, you yeah. know. Um, but I, I would never say it wasn't worth it. Right. And Alicia does things different than any physical therapist I've ever met in my entire life. So different. Life. So different. Um, and it, it blows my mind when you see her work. Um, and she's she brings something to the table that very few f physical therapists have. It, you know, she's a brain traumatic brain injury specialist. Yes. Um, she has all these other certifications where she went out and got certified and, and, and trained and learned all these different things. Um, I'm having her on in the next couple of weeks on a program that she's starting at, at Oxford called uh, Sensory Integration Therapy, um, which no one has. Yep. Um, and she, on maternity leave, went and learned all this material and took this class and got certified in it. She's mm. crazy. Yep. Um, crazy good. So. Oh my gosh, if you guys could hear the conversations that we've had <laughs> in, I mean, I, I spend three to five hours a week with her, right? right. Like, and she's manipulating my body. Like, it hurts. We're close. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> um, but the, the things and the dreams that we've come up with in our yeah. treatment room uh, are numerous. Right. For here, for her personal life, for my personal life, just all of it. Um, but yeah, I, she's brilliant. So on your road to recovery, if you gave it a percentage, um, where do you think you're at? Ooh. Are you 10% recovered? Are you 20? Is it 80? I feel like it's hard to quantify with a percentage. Okay. I was, I think I can maybe quantify it better with hours. Okay. Maybe. Sure. So originally I was working eight hours a day and that was too much. Eight hours was way, I was, I was in, I was finally diagnosed with full clinical burnout eventually. Yeah. Right. Um, but I, uh, so I lost my train of thought though. No, you're, so was, hours, you were eight hours. Oh so yeah. So I was eight hours. hours was too much. Like right. that was way too much in a day. I was in, like I said, in bed. Right. Um, so when we first started and I lost my job, um, God, this is gonna, this is just like crazy. Uh, when I finally, uh, left my job, um, I was at part-time because I couldn't handle the full-time anymore. Mm -hmm. So I was only working, uh, four hours a day, four days a week. Got it. So we were like sub 20 hours and that yeah. was still too much. Right. So, um, by the time I finally lost my job and dove into the therapy, I could be active using my brain two hours a day. Hmm. Anything more than two to three hours. So where are you at now? Gunk. Um, I'm at like six. That's pretty good. 
That's so, good. Yeah. Yeah. So two years, though. I know lots of people don't work six hours a day. Correct. <laughs> My husband's one of them. Um, but uh, yeah, so it took, took two years to get to six hours. Um, but yeah, I'm at six hours a day of awesome. activity, which is way better than anything that I had previously. And I own my own company now, so I'm my own boss, right. which means I get to rest when I need to rest right. and take time when I need to take time. Um, but uh, you know, I wouldn't have been able to do that without her. Right. So last question. What, have, what is the biggest thing you've learned through this entire journey? If you uh, could give somebody something, this is what I, the biggest thing I learned. That's like such a loaded question, <laughs> I feel like. I like the loaded ones. What's a lesson? Believe yourself. If it feels wrong, it is. Yeah. Yeah, because if I wouldn't have continued to advocate for myself, to be honest with you and to be frank, I probably wouldn't be sitting in front of you. Right. That's I, what I, I said. was in some really bad, dark places. Right. And there were days that I went to sleep. I wasn't. I wouldn't even say that it was suicidal as much as I would go to bed and say, you know, if I woke, if I didn't wake up tomorrow, it would just be a little easier. Yeah. On me and everyone in my life, right. because they were suffering too, having to care for me and drive me everywhere, and yeah. you know. Being fully dependent. Not that you're going to kill yourself, but that you're like you're willing to, to 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 not wake up. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Like if that. yeah, I was like just very at peace. Like if, if it's my time, take me tonight. Right, right. That this was the is same just so miserable. That I gave for the most part when I was interviewed with Gracie, um, they said, you know, what what lessons have you learned? I said, don't give up. Don't stop looking for answers. No. If, if you know something's there, uh, and we haven't, we're we're still looking for answers. We've gotten a lot. Yes. But we're still looking for answers with Gracie. You know, we're going tomorrow for an, another EEG with a new neurologist, you know, um, and uh, so we're still looking, but that's yes. what you have to do. Yeah. Oh, and if if I wouldn't have kept pushing, like I just said, I'm not sure that I would be right. here. I, I'm not sure I'd be alive right. today if yeah. I would have just listened to them say, you're nuts. You're right. crazy. It's right. all in your head. It's made up. I was called a hypochondriac. It was put in my kit. It was put in my chart that I right. was a hypochondriac. Like. I'm not, yeah, I, I'm not any of those things. Right. I was suffering from a traumatic brain injury <laughs> and none of you numbskulls right. wanted to look at it. Now, I could just, it blows my mind. Not one person's like, you know what? I wonder if when she fell, if she hit her head, maybe it's a TBI, maybe it's a Well, yeah. and that's why when it was did, finally diagnosed, I'm like, hello, you guys. Brain matter in my sinus cavity. Why did that not fit together a right. little sooner for all of you neurologists out there who right. looked at this? Why was that not like a, huh? Yeah. They might not have taken brain imaging in Africa because it's a third world country right. and continent. Yeah. Okay. But why don't we do that when we get back? Right. Yeah. What, what tests didn't they run there? Let's run those here just in case. Well, and that was, I, I think that's probably my biggest beef with the whole thing was that I came home with no records besides the CD before right. my surgery. And a drawing. And all of these doctors just were like, oh, that's sufficient evidence. <laughs> All right. Well, hey, I've had a blast talking <laughs> to you and listening to this absolutely crazy story. 
Yeah. Um, and uh, I hope you find huge success in, in your journey. Um, it's we're a journey. We're getting there. Um, we're all, everyone in this building is in a journey. Yes. You know, but we're all doing it. We're all doing it together. And, and it, it's uh, so much progress is made. Yeah. And one thing I, I've always said about the Oxford Center is Oxford Center gives people hope. I agree. And hope is powerful. Hope is very powerful. Yep. So we'll close this episode out. Uh, thank you for joining us. Uh, please like, share, subscribe. Um, we try to release them every Thursday. It doesn't always work that way, but eh, what do you do? Um, so thank you for joining us for Talk Talks. We'll see you guys next week.